0: with emotion, and with, um, 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 we get overwhelmed by it, yeah. that it just, it, 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 paralyzes us, and we can't see anything, we can't do anything, and this is a point that, um, we're going to read about here, where it shouldn't happen right now. For Jacob, it shouldn't happen right now. So, in the, in the end of verse, uh, the end of chapter 33, so remember from last week, um, Kirk, Kirk uh, preached about Jacob wrestling with God. And uh, here he, he wrestles with God, he, he overcomes, and he gets a new name. He's, he's kind of, the, Jacob the liar's gone, now Israel the, the, the father of nations is here. And, uh, and then in chapter 33, then he goes and he, he makes peace. With uh, Esau, he goes to kind of reconcile with his brother, and uh, and and Esau gives him a big hug, and uh, and then they kind of they go their separate ways. But you know, now he's ready to kind of plant himself in the Promised Land. He's ready to become that father of nations. He's got a, a he's got w- two wives, and he's got a whole bunch of kids. He's like, now the promises are coming. It's going to get good now. And we read this in. Verse 33, or sorry, chapter 33, verse 18. It says After Jacob came from Padam Aram, and he arrived safely at the city of Shechem in Canaan, and he camped within sight of the city. For a few hundred pieces of silver, he bought from the sons of Hamar, the father of Shechem, the plot of ground where he pitched his tent. There he set up an altar and called it El Alohi Israel. You know, he's, he's, he's made it. He's bought his land. He's pitched his tent. He's built his altar. He's ready to worship God. And, and let's get on with the blessings. I got my blessing. I'm living it out. Let's get on with him. Let's read in chapter 34, verse one. Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah had, um, had born the daughter Leah had born to Jacob. Went out to visit the women of the land. When Shechem, the son of Hamer, the Hivite, the ruler of that area, saw her, he took her and he raped her. You know, in the uh, in several previous several other translations, it says that he, um, he, he took her and violated her. Uh, the Hebrew says that he, he lay with her and humbled her. There's a lot of controversy over. What exactly happened there? But it was a sexual experience that didn't go the way people thought it, the way people wanted it to go. Says of uh, of this guy Shechem, his heart was drawn to Dinah, daughter of Jacob. He loved the young woman and spoke tenderly to her. And Shechem said to his father Hamor, "Get me this girl as my wife." When Jacob heard that his daughter Dinah had been defiled, his sons were in the field with his livestock. So he did nothing about it until he came home. Talk about an involved dad. You know, I think about how I would feel and respond if my daughter was violated. You know, my daughter's parents. Can't imagine. Wouldn't wish that on anyone. But Jacob hears of it and does nothing. Verse 6. Then Shechem's father, Hamer, went out to talk with Jacob. Okay, damage control. Gotta do something. Realize, ah, oh, that girl's not too happy right now. I thought my son, oh, better go talk to dad. Let's try to let's get into damage control mode here. Meanwhile, Jacob's sons had come in from the fields as soon as they heard what had happened. They were shocked and furious because Shechem had done an outrageous thing in Israel by sleeping with Jacob's daughter, a thing that should not have been done. You know, even at this point, you know, they didn't have the Levitical law, you know, the, um, the the law of Moses, you know, hadn't come down yet. That was decades, centuries to come. But even at that point, they knew that it was not a good thing in any way, shape, or form that their sister had a sexual relationship with someone from that city over there. They would have heard the stories of what Abraham did to find a wife, for his daughter, Isaac. They would have heard the stories of their dad working for years to, to have a, um, a, a wife that was of the same family. It wasn't of the Canaanites. It wasn't of the, the, the peoples of the land that they were there supposed to take. They were supposed to go back to his family, to the chosen family. They would have known how important it was to stay separate from a relationship standpoint with the people around them. And their sister left the safety of the family, left the safety of their little area, and went out to meet the women of this city. They knew that an outrageous thing had happened. They knew it was a terrible thing. Their sister had been violated. This person, this guy Shechem, outside of the family, outside of God's people, wants my sister. They're furious. They're filled with rage. Verse 8, But Hamer said to them, My son Shechem, has his heart set on your daughter? It's love. It's true love. He spoke tenderly to her. He desires her. It's okay. Let me find a favor in your eyes. I will give you whatever you ask. You make the price for the bride and the gift that um, I am to bring as great as you like, and I'll pay whatever you ask for me. Only give... Sorry. Um, I jumped ahead here. Sorry, verse uh, 8. Um, <laughs> it's big print. Clearly it wasn't big enough. <laughs> In verse 8, when Hamer said to My son Shechem has set his heart on your daughter. Please give him, um, her as his wife, intermarry with us. Give us your daughters and take our daughters for yourselves. You can settle matters among us. The land is open to you. Live in it, trade in it, and acquire property in it. Hey, let's be, let's be real neighbors here. I can see you've got a bunch of sons. I've got more daughters. Hey, your sons can have my daughters. My, let my, just let my son have your daughter. The bargaining. Let's, let's right. make this right. Dad comes in, tries to fix everything. Husbands, men, <laughs> it's something in our genes. Huh? We always want to fix it. We always want to, oh, let's just, okay, here, here's where we're at now. We're we'll of all this right behind. Let's just fix it. Let's just get involved. Come on. Surely we can strike a bargain here. Then Shechem kicks in. He says to, to Jacob, to Dinah's father and brothers, let me find favor in your eyes. I'll give you whatever you ask. Make the price for the bride the gift. I'm to bring as great as you like, and I'll pay whatever you ask for. Only give me the young woman as my wife. He's willing to do what? What a what a pure-hearted guy! He loves her. He's willing to do whatever. You know, it was it was customary for there to be um, a, a gift, you know, for the for someone's hand in marriage, a, a gift, and. Uh, um, even though, again, the, the Levitical law wasn't in place yet, the, the law of Moses wasn't in place yet. You know, centuries later, what what would be um, what would be the case is if if I had a daughter and she was not betrothed, betrothed to anyone, and uh, um, and somebody comes and violates her, they could pay a penalty and marry her. All's good. That's, that's, that was the law. But that's only for inside the, the people of Israel. This guy isn't an Israelite. This guy isn't part of the people. He's outside. Verse 11. Because their sister Dinah had been defiled, Jacob's sons replied deceitfully as they spoke to Shechem and his father Hamor. They said to him, we can't do such a thing as give our sister to a man who is not circumcised. That'd be a disgrace to us. We will enter into an agreement with you on one condition only, that you become like us by circumcision by circumcising all your males. Now, I've heard some people come up with some plans and some, some ideas quick on the spot. But this isn't one that they could have come up with so quickly on the spot. You know, these were the same brothers that were filled with hate and fury about the outrageous thing that had been done. They had been plotting, and they had been planning, and they had been scheming. How can we take control of this? How can we take control of this this circumstance? Let's let's get to circumstances. Let's, let's inflict some pain on, the, on the, these people, not just Jacob, not just hey ha- and his dad, but all the whole community. Let's let's get even here. We will enter into an agreement on this one condition. Then we'll give our daughters. Then you will give. Sorry. Then we will give you our daughters and take your daughters for ourselves. We will settle among you. And become one people with you but if you will only agree to be circumcised if you will not agree to be circumcised we'll take our sister and go their proposal seemed good to Hamer and his son Shechem the young man who was most honored by all his father's family lost no time in doing what he what he what they said because he was delighted with Jacob's daughter you know, isn't that what it's like when you're kind of in, in love, infatuation? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll do, I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever. At what cost? At what cost do we do these things? So Hamer and his son, Shechem, went to the gate of their city to speak to the men of their city. These men are friendly towards us, they said. Let them live in our land. Let them trade in it. The land has plenty of room for them. We can marry their daughters and they can marry ours. Now the spin comes in. Verse 22. Sorry, uh, yeah, verse 22. But the men will agree to live with us as one people only on the condition that our males will be circumcised and as they themselves are. Won't their livestock, their property, and all their other animals become ours? So let us agree to their terms and they will settle among us. So much for just, oh, I just want Dinah. I just, I just want her to be my wife. No, we can, we can take over this. They're a small clan. There's only, you know, a dozen or so men. And sure, they've got, they've got money and they've got, they've got uh, livestock. In time, we'll swallow them up. We'll swallow them up. And that's exactly what will happen to us if we give in. And we don't keep the boundaries that God calls us to keep
1: right. in our
0: spiritual lives. But let's go on in our passage here. Verse 24. All the men who went out to the city gate agreed with Hamer and his son Shechem. Every male in the city was circumcised. Three days later, while all of them were still in pain, two of Jacob's sons, Levi and Simeon, Dinah's brothers, took their swords and attacked the unsuspecting city, killing every man. You see, Levi and Simeon were the only sons to Leah. Leah was the less favored wife of, of Jacob. Dinah was, was, the, was these brothers' biological sister, full sister. Everyone else would have been half-sisters. Who was it that felt the pain so deeply? The two brothers, the two full brothers. How could they do such an outrageous thing? Not only to our family, but to our sister, the daughter of our mother. How could they do such a thing? Levi, get your sword. We're gonna, we're, gonna get, we're gonna get justice here. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get our revenge. Dad's not standing up. The brothers, yeah. They, they may have been in on been in on the uh, on the on the plan. Where are they? Mm-hmm. You and me. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna make this right. The sons of Jacob, I'm oh, sorry, they put Hamer, verse 26, they put Hamer and his son Shechem to the sword and took Dinah from Shechem's house and left. The sons of Jacob came upon the dead bodies and looted the city where their sister had been defiled. They seized the flocks and herds and and donkeys and everything else of theirs in the city and out on the fields. They carried off their wealth and all the women and children, taking as plunder everything in the houses. Simon and and Levi, Simeon and Levi, they just wanted to kill the men. They just want to wipe him out. The brothers came in. You know what? Let's get involved. It's be had. Let's take what they probably thought they could take from us. Let's make it ours now. Verse 30. Then dad comes back. Jacob says to Simeon and Levi, You have brought trouble on me by making me obnoxious to the Canaanites and the parasites and the people living in this land, we are few in number. But if they join forces against me and attack me, I and my household will be destroyed. Look at how Jacob is looking at this now. It's all about oh, damage control. How does this affect me? What does this mean for my future? I, I, we just, I just wrestled with God and overcame. Now, you sons of mine have messed this all up. And you've made me a stench. Uh, another translation. You've made me a stench in the nostrils of the people in this area. I just, I, just, I just bought my land. I just built my altar. I'm, just, I'm ready to become God's blessing. What, what have you done? What have you done? <clears throat> Verse 31. But the brothers replied, Should they have treated our sister... Like a prostitute. So they have treated our sister like a prostitute. Now it's not just Shechem. Now it's just not Shechem violating their sister. But it was like, oh, the father, the community, yeah, yeah, we'll just give money. Well, let's give money. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Brothers like the baddest. Me and dad, is it okay that they treat her like a prostitute? You know, we read a chapter like this and it is, it's painful. Yeah. It's painful to look at a chapter like this because it brings about so much emotion. It engages us emotionally. You hear the word rape and you're like, you yeah. know. For, for some, for some can't even hear that because of personal experience they've had. There's all these different characters all these different viewpoints and perspectives in this in this story in this in this event, and none of it's good. None of it's good, and it's God's word. God chose for this event to be recorded for the benefit of all Israel, as they are uh, to be read to them, as they are getting it, getting ready to take take possession of the land after they come out of Egypt. Moses and Joshua would have would have read this to them all, to the whole assembly. And what's incredible in this chapter is there's not one prayer and there's not one mention of God. There's assault, there's deceit, there's violence, there's Plan swindling. Right. There's all this sin. It's painful. And we can read this passage and I, I get I get sucked into it. I've preached on this passage before. I've preached on this passage from a, the view of the Father. Don't be like Jacob. <laughs> you
1: know?
0: i I'd like, but you know, that's, that's, not the, that's not the big picture in this. Amen. That's not the big picture in this passage. You know, we we could uh, you know, if there were stones in the audience, you know, one could preach against Dinah. What was she doing? Why did she leave her father's household? Why is she out there? You know? Anytime there's sexual assault, we never ever want to you know, our culture is like, how dare you not side with the girl? She's the victim. We can have a victim mindset. We can get sucked into feeling like, oh but but you just don't understand. I didn't have any control in this. I could I, I couldn't do anything about it. I am not at one, not in please don't 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 get me wrong here. I'm not saying that what Shechem did to her was right. I'm not saying that at all. It's a terrible thing that happen. But the the message here is not about, you know. Empathizing with the victim. Check him. He spoke tenderly to him. His heart's desire. Oh, love doesn't give us love or infatuation or whatever. It doesn't allow us to go and do whatever we want to have whatever we want. It never makes it right. Like. These are all things that we can kind of get sucked into sure. on, a, sure. on a on a on um, a a moral level. But the truth is that there isn't anyone that is good in this story. Well there isn't anyone. We're, they're, they're all fallen, they're all sinful. How do we make sense of this? How do we make sense of this today? You know the truth is that we want mercy when we've done something wrong. We want mercy. Right. We, want to be able to, we want it to be made better sure. if we're the injured if we're the hurt or if we're the offended we want justice we want recompense we want consequence we want penalty we want those things and we want it now make this right now help me feel better now if they're punished I'll feel better if i'm the one who's who's made the mistake if you just give me forgiveness i didn't mean to i didn't mean it's not my fault just give it to me now let's move on we want it now it's so hard because that's what we want you know i can relate to this idea of being violated um in a different way you know um I, my wife and I, you know, we've been disciples for a long time. We, we, uh, we moved here from Charlottesville. We, we own a house in Charlottesville and we made a decision that um, we're going to rent it to disciples. So a bunch of college guys um, and a couple of single guys, well singles of college, they, they live in our house and that's really an act of faith. <laughs> to a house that you've owned and lived in for a while. It's felt like home to rent it to single brothers and ca- campus guys. Let's just say, I feel like my Christian badge should be pretty big. <laughs> you know? And so there was a situation arose where there was um, a guy who got baptized, um, a single guy, and um, he, um, he was in a spot. He had a, a pretty radical... Um, um, conversion he uh, stood up for his faith he'd been ostracized by another Christian community for making stands on what the scripture said and uh, he uh, studied the Bible got baptized in, a, in our sister church up in Charlottesville and um, he was uh, where he was living um, the landlord did drugs and took advantage of the situation and uh, and I get the call, and I say, hey, can 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 this guy move into the house? And um, I didn't handle it the best of ways. Um, in my heart, I was thinking, that'd actually be kind of nice. I mean, we only kind of budgeted for six guys in the house, and he'd be the seventh. Um, we could work this out. Or was it five and six, whatever it was. It was going to be an extra guy. It going to be extra a little bit of rent. I'm like, yeah, you know? And then i go well, but you know what? He, um, he's got a criminal record. I'm like, well, amen, all right. And then I find out, well, it's not just a criminal record. Um, he went to prison for seven years. Seven years or 11 years, I'm not sure. But he, he went to prison for a sizable amount of time. And um, I'm like, oh, okay. Go, well, he, he, um, he, he got convicted of sexual assault. And um, I'm like, well, what do you think? You know, talked about this. Oh, well, you know, he's really you know. I I think I think it's fine. I'm like okay. In this, I didn't talk to my wife. I didn't talk to my wife about this situation, and uh, he. Um, I even though I heard okay, well yeah, sexual you know, sexual assault. The consequences of that are pretty significant, because you're a registered sex offender, and by him moving into our house in this cute little suburban neighborhood of Charlottesville, there is now an asterisk on that address that there is a sexual offender in the neighborhood. And some less than accommodating and generous and benevolent neighbors are like, what on earth is going on? There's a sexual offender in the Hutchins house. I start getting phone calls. And it was painful. It's painful. I went from feeling like, man, I need a big old Christian badge to where can I hide? Very strained by my relationship with my wife because she's like, honey, you didn't tell me. You didn't, how could you not, you know, understandably, these are our friends who are neighbors across the street who we've we tried sharing our faith with, inviting them to things, you know. Now they're like, how could you do this to us? challenging conversations to have. A couple of months go by, so kind of work through, try to, I try to do damage control. I pull up my Jacob, you know, how can we make this better? How, you know, not much we can do. I to kick the guy out, but I this is my brother in Christ. A couple of months go by, he stops paying rent. His dog messes up the house a little bit. Starts having conflicts in the congregation. And um, talk about feeling violated. Talk about feeling humiliated. Talk about feeling embarrassed. Talk about, man, I want justice now. How can I just get out an eraser and erase this whole situation? Nothing good. Nothing good in this situation. You know, I'm sure that you can think of things, of times in your life, where there just does not—you don't look, you don't think that you can get past this. Maybe it's bitterness towards someone. Someone's hurt you. Someone's disappointed you. Someone's uh, not measured up to your expectations. You're like, yeah, but that's my—that's my physical sister, or this is my dad, or, or this is my—this is supposed to be my brother in Christ. How could they do this to me? How could they do this to me? Maybe it's at work and you're like, oh, I have worked so hard and then Jim over here gets promoted or I heard about the raise he got. What about me? What about the job I've done? You know, maybe, maybe we're a little less than conservative in our finances, shall we say? and a bunch of things happen at the same time and now we're in over our heads in debt and we're going to lose something and we feel like man how could this happen to me how, could, how can I get through this you know we, we get so wrapped up in the emotions of the event and the circumstance that we can't see anything and we really are like man who wins in this who wins in this Please turn with me over to Romans chapter 3.
1: All right,
0: come on. <clears throat> Romans chapter 3, verse 22. Romans 3, verse 22. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God.
1: Preach it.
0: You know, I want to challenge us with the way that we think. You know, the the, the most harmful (laughs) thinking that we can hold on to are these two statements. One is that no one else understands sure. no one else understands the other is but but it's not my fault it's not my fault you know here the this is being written to roman christians and they they could really get hung up with are they jew or they gentile you know we can really get hung up with man we're Americans, or are they somebody else? Is it a guy, or is it a girl? Do they have the same color skin as me, or not? Are they young as me? Are they older as me? We can, we can use all these things as, as excuses, but we don't, we don't see it the way God sees it. And the way God sees it is, man, there is no difference. It doesn't matter whether you're Shechem or diamond. It doesn't matter whether you are Hamer or Jacob. Sure. It doesn't matter if you are Simeon and Levi, or if you're one of the other men in that city. There's no difference. Mm-hmm. We all fall short of the glory of God. We, go. sure. we want, in our heart of hearts, we want justice now. We want the other person to have consequence now if we're the one who's messed up, we want mercy now. Let's read this whole passage. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate His righteousness because in His forbearance, in His mercy, in His love, in His kindness, He left sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate His righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus Christ. You know... When we look, when we're caught up in emotion, and we're caught up in these events and these circumstances, there is no winner. There is, you know, we can want justice now, we can want forgiveness now, but what we need is we need to look look to God in these situations. God wanted the Israelites to know That they weren't to take things into their own hands god wanted the israelites to know that his his law and his word needed to be respected that if you don't man all bets are off bad stuff's going to happen the same applies for us today god wants us to know that there is justice there is forgiveness there is justification at just the right time. Right. And it's through Jesus. Yeah. We get hung up on being offended. We get hung up on being violated. We get hung up on, on being hurt. How about what the great, what would God, the great justice. How about what he did for us in Jesus? How about what he did for us in Jesus? Jesus didn't do anything wrong ever. And he takes on the sin of who? Not just you and me, but everyone. Everyone. The consequences, the punishment that we all deserve were all heaped on Jesus. And we get the free, clean slate. We get forgiveness. We get true righteousness. We get eternal righteousness. That's incredible. That's incredible. You know, I wanted that situation taken care of very quickly. I wanted to just say sorry to my wife and and her to you know have have that that trust restored like I never sinned against her in the first place with this no, that 's what I, I wanted that to happen instantly there 's so much that I learned. <coughs> In my relationship with God, with this being stretched out over time, it showed me how how proud I was. It showed me how much I value what neighbors think of me rather than do you know what God thinks of me. It <clears throat> it revealed greed in my heart. There's all these things that God wanted exposed by me going through this circumstance over time, this event over time.
1: I I can't
0: say with certainty why you are experiencing the pain that you're experiencing in whatever event or trial you're in right now. I can't say with certainty. I can't, especially if if you've been, if you've been physically violated or sexually violated. I, I can't say how, Why did God let that happen? I don't know that. But I do know that Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Regardless of how how much you're struggling with forgiving someone, there's no difference. You too need forgiveness. And God has all of this for us. He is eternally just. He is eternally justified. In his mercy, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't require one act of justice immediately for every for every uh, for every sin, every 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 offense. You know, once and for all. You know the challenge for us is to keep our eyes fixed on God that's right. when we're in these just... tough situations. Right. Yeah. We, we have got to figure out how to lay hold of the grace that God has for us. The grace that's freely given. Yeah. And it, it will transform our lives. Yeah. Yeah. It will help us to understand justice yeah. for eternity.
1: Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah.